0: Hello, and welcome to The Bookmark, a podcast of the Wabash Carnegie Public Library. I'm Rachel. And I'm Laura. And we are welcoming you to podcast number seven. Seven for March. We made it through February, Laura. We lived. We lived. Snowmageddon came. (laughs) Yes, it did. With a vengeance. I, uh, I did this really weird thing where... Maybe it's not weird, but I did this thing where I went, oh, we got, like, 11 inches of snow last year. We won't get it again for another few years. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Well, I wanted to think that it did. It's a nice dream. (laughs) So this year... I was more prepared for it than I was last year, and yet somehow more disbelieving that it was actually going to happen. <laughs> well, my biggest concern was that we would lose power. Yeah. And if we lost power, I would have no way to heat food. I yes. had a freezer full of food. Yes, but no way to But cook- no way to cook it if we lost power. So Wednesday, just as everything was starting, I was making multiple hamburger patties and containers full of ground beef and ground sausage, plant-based sausage. I cooked two pounds of pasta. Yes I and, saw that and I was like actually that's pretty smart. It won't be my favorite if I have to throw it all together cold. But it'll be something. But it's edible. Plus that you could way. sit on it it wouldn't be cold. Exactly. Be at least room temperature or wrap it up in a blanket for a while or something. Well but. you just
1: put it in under the covers take a nice nap <laughs> and by the time you wake up it'll be warm. You have some
0: lukewarm pasta that's been proven or whatever I don't know but it's warm we didn't end up losing power which I was incredibly grateful for I get to make homemade pizzas and the nice thing was I put all that work into getting that stuff done and ready so then the rest of the time we were snowed in I didn't have to cook I just had to throw things together so that was nice challenges and we'll talk more about being snowed in later okay So, coming up in March, early stages in Discovery Storytime every Wednesday and Thursday in March. 10 a.m. early stages on Wednesdays, 11 a.m. Discovery on Thursday. So, if we can meet in person, then those will be the times. If we can't meet in person, there will be kits available for you to pick up. So, check out our website to see which age group is right for your kid. Plan to come to a story time if you have kids that are not in school yet. Okay, so then next week on the 8th we have homeschool science club Mm -hmm. it should feature uh, Megan 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 Henderson from Connor Dentistry assuming we can meet in person yes um we're planning to and so that'll be a program all about oral hygiene and dental health health and and all those things mm
1: -hmm. I feel bad because every time we tell People, something we have to say just in case we're not actually there in person. But know that when we have a program like that that can't meet, we always have something for you to take with you or for you to do at home with your children. So don't think that we're just saying,
0: well, we might not have it because we're going to have something. Right. And we are incredibly hopeful. As I mean, as you know, we record this a little bit in advance, but we are incredibly hopeful that by March we'll be able to meet again in person. We definitely program differently now in terms of Mm -hmm. programming things that can pivot and be taken home Mm -hmm. pretty easily but the goal is to be able to meet in person and to have Megan here in person and that'll be fun
2: yeah she's
0: she's great she's wonderful March 8th then thursday march 10th is D online yes, on rule 20 so we're gonna hear a little bit more about dnd later in this episode and about our dnd program but if you're interested in it contact cody uh his information will be in the show notes you could also contact either of us and we'll put you in touch with cody yes. because yep we
1: know him uh, yeah he works
0: here we see him occasionally
1: i mean i just so. was talking to him about growing your own mushrooms just a little while ago hey so you know yeah he's so. around
0: you'll get to know him a little bit later in this podcast and hopefully that will make him not seem intimidating to you and you can be like hey i'm gonna hit that guy up and take part in his program that's coming up on the 10th then the following wednesday on the 16th we have the first in our spring book club series i am so excited those books are on sale right now. So if you need a copy of Peter Pan by J.M. Barry to read before the 16th, come in and pick one up. Is that in public domain? I believe so, but I'll have to double check. Because it's see. also
1: possible if you prefer to read things on ebook that you can just download that for free somewhere.
0: Um, I think. The edition that we have for sale has all the original artwork yes. in it, which to me, me- is worth it. I am incredibly excited about. And at the time of recording this, they haven't arrived yet. So I cannot tell you how much they cost yet. But stop in or give us a call or check our Facebook page and it will tell you.
1: I wonder if that copyright in the UK the UK always had problems with us in the Victorian era mm. because American copyright was notoriously non-existent. <laughs> so Charles Dickens actually didn't want his books published here because his books being published here meant that they were going to just basically be like old school pirated. Mm. And he was not a fan.
0: That's interesting.
1: He was not a fan of the US. Yeah. When he came here, he was like, yeah. this is not the place. And I For somebody to think that the U.S. was dirty coming from London in the Victorian era, Uh that says something.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that is... Wednesday March 16th at 7 p.m. if we are unable to have it in person we will be doing either a Facebook discussion or I will be sending a zoom link to everyone who registers and we will be discussing the book that night whether it be virtually or in person make sure you get your book and you're ready to talk about it and just because you've seen the movie don't think that you know the oh, no. the source material on this Especially one. Especially not that Disney movie. Because yeah. let me tell you, they very are not different. the same. Very, very different. So stop in and grab that book sometime before the 16th. All right. Then on the 17th. Yes, I have a teen program
1: or don't, you know, um, depending <laughs> on what the COVID levels are. But what my plan is for that is I already have all these things in kits. So mm-hmm. come and if we can make it. We will make it right there in the program room. As you come, you can just come in and make it, leave when you want to, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And if we can't do that, come grab your kit, take it home, make it there. It'll be great. And Mm -hmm. this month we are going to be really nerdy because I found this thing I really loved and I have to send people pictures of it because I found (laughs) it and I have not shared pictures. But it's a bookmark that has... It looks like a rabbit has jumped into your book and it's got it's fuzzy cotton tail sticking up Aww. over the book. So you just use pieces of cut paper to assemble this. That's so cute. And it looks like a bunny jumped into your book like Benjamin Bunny style. <laughs> That's Peter, so Peter cute. Rabbit yeah, style. yeah. It's really cute. I love it. So we're going to do that in in different colors and fun. Have some fun with that. So I just think having the pom-pom tail sticking up out of the top of your book is just the image that I liked. Yes. And um, so that'll be fun, I think. Fair enough. Easy to make at home, easy mm-hmm.
0: to make here, whatever brings you joy. The funniest part about that to me is that then the following Wednesday... We're doing bookmarks for adult craft Ah, clubs too. That's great. We are doing pressed flower bookmarks where we are going, I will have the pressed flowers available for you, though if you have some that are really important to you, feel free to bring them. Mm -hmm. But we are going to press flowers between wax paper and heat seal them. And I also have natural organic handmade paper coming Mm -hmm. to put them on if you want you can design whatever colors of flowers I also ordered one package I think that has seeds in it as Mm -hmm. well as flowers and so you can look like the tops of lavender yeah flowers those would be really pretty too you can design your own pattern out of flowers pretend you're at the rose parade or yes, whatever. but so that's what we're going to be doing on the 23rd of March at 6: 30. and that one's intended to be for ages 18 and older. Now the one thing that we didn't talk about that we need to go back this. 7th and the 28th
1: yes our uh kids
0: book club and chapter book club respectively respectively and
1: um those would be at six thirty if they can happen in person mm-hmm. if they can't happen in person they will be in a kit mm-hmm. and polly has not yet announced what those book titles will be but she will have that out probably by the time this goes live mm-hmm. so just swing by the children's room or ask us we'll just put it in the show notes so that you can get a link and things like that. The books will be available in the children's
0: rooms. So. Yep. Swing by. See us. And that I think covers what we have coming up in March. <laughs> Moving on to book talk. Yes. Of which I in in complete transparency have very few books to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> We had decided that we were going to talk about books we read while we were snowed in or books that you read when you're stuck at home and you can't go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Because the week before we were snowed in, I was stuck at home for a week (laughs) with an illness that you're all very familiar with, I'm sure. And so I read the follow-up to the Thursday Murder Club which we talked about last time but otherwise I was not really in a reading headspace and even though we had talked about hey let's talk about whatever we read while we're snowed in I still didn't I read part of one book yeah (laughs) that's it well
1: I'm including in my list books that I both read when I was shut in and Mm -hmm. also read prior to shut in when you were gone Mm -hmm. because I did not read as many books when i was shut in as i assumed that i would because when you have four people snowed into a home the environment for reading is not necessarily the best it's true especially when one of those well one of the people staying in the house people is a small dog <laughs> that's number 5 that the fifth resident of the house uh-huh. and the small dog in question piper does not like snowplows to the point that each time a snowplow would drive by she would panic bark at the window <laughs> Which meant every 15 minutes we had panic bark. Bless her heart. She just could not settle, could not Aww. be comfortable, could not get over it. Now yeah. she, now she's like, well, what snowplow? <laughs> but for a, a while, it was chaos, fear, terror. And so I would read like 10 pages of a book. Sue the dog. 10 pages of a book. Sue the dog. And then I was, I give up. Yeah. So yeah. didn't finish a lot of books <laughs> in quarantine. Not quarantine. It feels like quarantine. Didn't I feel know. a lot of books when snowed in, but well, I, I finished I,
0: one. I did try to think back to when we were in quarantine, or not quarantine, but in like lockdown last yeah. year. Or two years, that was two years ago now. Yeah. Almost two years ago. Yeah. Good gracious. Anyway, I was trying to think of some things that I read back then, but that was too far away.
1: I didn't read that yeah. I couldn't read because I was too upset and yeah. to some extent I haven't really gotten that back. But
0: Well, I did make a little list of some of the other things that I did that maybe you can take as recommendations of things to do sure. when you can't get out and go yes. somewhere else or you just don't feel like it. Yeah, because I mean um, you might not feel like it. Yeah, but I don't have a lot of book recommendations. I will start by saying the book that I'm working my way through is a book called When Striving Ceases by ruth chow simmons it's a non-fiction book and as self-diagnosed people pleaser <sighs> it is very much about stopping working toward earning people's approval love and affection and just resting in the grace that you are loved and accepted and that's enough so that's what i'm working on right now but that feels like a therapy podcast thing well that's our other podcast right and i haven't finished it yet but it's very good so <sighs> far we don't actually have another podcast no. but we could have a therapy podcast let me tell you no but if we go through all of the episodes of this podcast and talk about like isolate the times we've said that's for our other podcast we could have like four other side projects (laughs)
1: so i think we could convince the library to let us have all the side podcasts maybe we could have themed book related podcasts for every topic we've discussed oh yeah easily we could handle that sure Great. we'll
0: do it an alternate universe episode of a podcast huh. in the coming weeks and our
1: April First Podcast can be us having our therapy podcast. <laughs> Genius. What'd you read, Laura? Oh my goodness. I have been reading this series and it is eight and a half books long. joke oh, joke involved. Because the the eighth book well the ninth book is um eight book eight point five and it's genuinely five hundred pages. All these books are 500 pages. Good gracious. And the series is called The Keeper of the Lost Cities. It's by Shannon Messenger. And if you think Harry Potter's too dark, I would say read these. <laughs> um, It's a middle grade series. And I, in, in all honesty, I will tell you, I read the first book and I liked it. I read the second book and I said, goodness gracious. Oh, no. Can I take a black pen and just cut chunks of this book? And so it could be a 200 page book. And then I read book three. And at first, I was feeling the same way, and I'm like, can I get through these books? Because they are very much written for a middle grade mm-hmm. reader. And I'm, I'm criticizing these, but what I mean is, as an adult, I am having this problem. Right. A middle grade reader would not have this problem. Right. But by the time I got to en- the end of book three, I was like, hello. Now, <laughs> now I'm hooked. Now I'm in. And I I now see what she was building towards as she was writing all of these, and If there had been just a little bit more intrigue earlier on, she would have hooked me faster. But I'm reading these, and they're very fun. It's a girl named Sophie who has been raised in the human world, and she finds out one day when she accidentally uses powers that she didn't know she had that she is not actually human at all. She's an elf, and she had been hidden in the human world by a resistance group among the elves. And they have now discovered this lost person that that they didn't know was missing. She gets pulled into the elf world and told she can't go home because she's an elf. And so she um, has to deal with losing her family, um, which is hard. Um, And then she has to work her way through fitting into this world that she hasn't grown up in. So all the things that she has learned like about astronomy lies. um, Because the elf science is so much more advanced they, they know more about the way stars are built, and oh, the science man. is wrong. So she's learning how to fit into this new world. She doesn't quite fit because she doesn't quite make sense. And it, is it because she lived in the human world? We don't know. And as you read, you pick up more and more about her origin and who she really is and where yeah, she came from uh-huh. and uh, meet fantastical creatures, and she makes friends in this world. It's really good. It's so, um, so if you've got a middle-grade reader who likes fantasy that is heavy on the world-building... Um, give them this series. Yeah. And and I will tell you, I have read so many of these books. And they're it's like somebody went through them in a fine-tooth comb and said, anything that could be upsetting, we're going to take out. Aww, nice. So um, there's light fantasy action, but nothing really too scary, yeah. nothing too violent. Uh, so something that would be appropriate to share with a younger reader than could necessarily read a 500-page book. Because yes, these books are 500 pages. So if you've got a reluctant reader... Maybe try this in audio, <laughs> but um, if you've got to read a reader, or make bit, it a
0: bedtime story and read. Yeah, it to read them a little bit get, at a time. Yeah. Um, Talk about some of your other books. Some of I my other books. Up.
1: Well, we're gonna pivot hard now. We're gonna pivot <laughs> hard <laughs> because. I will read something like Keeper of the Lost Cities and then I will turn around and I will read something that is from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I read a lot of the golden age of crime fiction mm-hmm. in, um, and a lot of that is um, authors that you're going to recognize like Dorothy Sayers, Agatha Christie, mm-hmm. Niall Marsh, you know, people whose names are like associated with the golden age of crime writing and they all had this club they w- were in and they would uh-huh. wear black hoods and they hand around a skull and they made the rules of writing a detective novel. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not making that up. That's real. I know. I know. (laughs) I'm just saying that. I'm saying that for people who might not know that I didn't (laughs) make that up. I didn't make that up. But what a lot of people who read mystery fiction in the U.S. aren't necessarily clued in on, at least my family was not, is that Japan also had a golden age of crime writing. Really? When Agatha Christie and those other writers were published in Japanese for the first time, people started reading them and going, hey, this is this great." Yeah. And yeah. so they started writing crime fiction in the same way, like with their own, you know, great detectives. And, and it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> and it, I would say... I have found, like, maybe five of these books Uh that have been published in English. So you're not going to get them all. Even though you want them, you're not going to get them all. But there are some that I've gotten my hands on that I've really enjoyed. And so the first one that I grabbed recently was The Decagon House Murders Mm -hmm. by Yukito Ayatsuji. This author has taken the idea of And Then There Were None, you know, that that Agatha Christie story. Mm -hmm. And, it, and written it about college students who are in their own mystery club and they, tell, they call each other by their code names, which are the names of golden age crime writers. So there's Agatha, whose name isn't actually Agatha, but she's named after Mm -hmm. Agatha Christie. And they go to spend a weekend at this really weird, cool property that their one friend's uncle has. And while they're there, obviously, if you have any idea what And Then They Were None is about, (laughs) some crime starts happening. (laughs) Some crimes. And they're- Someone does a crime. Someone does a crime. Well, I'm not giving it away, (laughs) but it's in the title that there are some murders. (laughs) And as they're there, they're thinking, you know, is someone else on this island with us? Mm -hmm. Is one of us doing this? Right. And then on land, at the same time, you have some letters that have been delivered saying, you're a murderer and I know it. And this person receives one and he's like, but what what are you talking about? (laughs) But I'm not. And it turns out that he was at a certain party. Mm -hmm. And it all boils down to what happened at this party. So you have this being investigated on the mainland, Mm -hmm. whereas in Decagon House, which is everything is shaped as a Decagon, which is a ten-sided thing. It's weird. The room, room, Mm -hmm. there's charts, there are maps. And that's one of the things I've enjoyed about the Japanese mysteries that I've read so far is that they do a good job saying, well, here's your map. This is what the house actually looks like. Then they give you the map. They give in you the, the map. They say, here's
0: actually what this looks like. We don't We don't give people enough visual aids
1: we in don't. our books. They want you to have all the tools you need to solve this. Mm-hmm. And I did. <laughs> and I'm proud. But, you know, it's a fun, really suspenseful mystery. That was the first one I read. And the one that I'm reading right now is The Hanjin Murders by Seshi Yokomizo. And it's the first in a series of 77 books what (laughs) 77 books this guy is known as the Agatha Christie of Japan and his sleuth is Kosuke Kindaichi and he is like supposed to look scruffy and kind of like out of place and he was serialized in magazines and then became novels and I think two of those 77 books are published in English oh wow so if you know Japanese dive into these if you don't know Japanese wade into these. (laughs) But if you love a traditional detective story, Mm -hmm. these are great. The translations are good. Um, There's a lot of beautiful descriptions of landscape that we just don't have here because the whole of Japan looks different than what we experience in this country yeah and it's just fun and it's not like picking up a manga and Mm -hmm. reading that it's not the same kind of vibe it this Mm -hmm. does feel like picking up an Agatha Christie Mm -hmm. or a Dorothy Sayers and sitting down and reading it
0: it's just another culture it's culturally different. yeah I it as you're talking about this book there are times when I sit and listen to you and I just think Well, no wonder you recommend all the books that my husband loves because you're practically the same person. (laughs) And he's, he's gotten really into Japanese fiction or at least to a degree and partially through graphic novels and and manga he's a big Junji Mm -hmm. ito fan and Mm -hmm. other illustrated japanese art yeah but he picked up a book like a year and a half ago now that was i can't remember what it was called and i'm not gonna try to come up with a name because it's gonna be wrong but it was by a japanese author and he fell in love with that book Mm -hmm. just i think that yeah you're gonna have a hard time finding some that are translated yeah properly into english but if you can find them in any genre that you're into yeah, there's go some... for it yeah. like a fantasy one that i loved in high school that i read so many times
1: that i this is the only time i've ever considered not returning a book to the library <laughs> it's called dragon sword and Windchild okay. and um i forget the author's name but it's a trilogy and only the first two books the last time i checked had been published in english and um this one, it was such a cool fantasy. It was such a different way of approaching fantasy than what we have, which is here, I mean, and it's changing, but it's very white, very patriarchal focused. There's a hero with a sword who goes out on a quest and comes back and wins the heart of the lady. You know, it's very much inspired by the chivalry tales that we had way back when, but Japanese stories are You know, there are water spirits, there are different things that we just don't have. So if you, if you ever get your hands on Dragon Sword, Wind Child, you should read that too. That's great.
0: There's some other really cool stuff out there and it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily either all mystery or all... All fantasy. Fantasy. There's some other stuff too. Genres are different. Our genres are defined by our culture. Yes. And so, and, and even by extension, you can read books that are European or whatever and they'll be slightly different but culturally they're still western Mm -hmm. culture
1: and by definition the books we get quote unquote in translation are more highbrow in our view as Mm -hmm. like an american publisher would say well it's in translation so it's marketed more literary Mm -hmm. than it would be whereas i think we have a lot of writers um c.l polk is one who's writing fantasy in a very literary way Mm -hmm. and if i were classified i would say this is literary fiction that is also fantasy, but because we're in the United States and because we think of fantasy as less highbrow, mm-hmm. it is a popular read and not a status mm-hmm. read. It gets that fantasy sticker and gets shoved in a corner. Mm-hmm. When, if you like a literary book, if you like examining um, the makeup of a society and how it hurts people and how it lifts certain people up, pick up C.L. Polk, mark's the first one. Go for it. It's beautiful. Okay. Love
0: Witchmark. I love that. I think that, I think... Some corners get turned, with sci-fi specifically, mm-hmm. I think there have always been some authors that are considered the best of mm-hmm. sci-fi yeah. or the best of, I think of authors like Andy Weir, yes, The Martian, and Project Hail Mary has been really big lately, Ernest Cline mm-hmm. with ready player one and there are some of those Ray Bradbury obviously is always going to come up in that kind of conversation where they they are kind of considered okay but it's always with the caveat of if you like books like this yes nobody ever says like here's this literary quote-unquote masterpiece Mm -hmm. if you like books like that unless
1: it's written by a woman
0: that's true
1: because here you can read Jane Austen it's a great book if you like books like us yes. that that, that yeah. fits in there um so I I see I see that that's exactly true yeah you know but so many sci-fi authors aren't writing what you think they're writing
0: no they're no. they're not
1: writing a book about a spaceship they're writing you mm-hmm. know political commentary they're yeah. writing philosophy Becky yeah. Chambers is sitting there writing philosophy yep. um Oh, is it, Who's who was it that wrote Station Eleven? Emily St. John Mandel. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, pick these up. Pick these yeah. up. Um, yeah. Give sci-fi and, a chance, and if you really like literary fiction and you want to have an entry point into sci-fi that is, or fantasy that
0: is going to suit you, mm-hmm. ask one of us because we will hook you up with a yep. writer that is right for you. If you find yourself, if somebody says this book is really good if you like this kind of thing, and you don't know if you like mm-hmm. that kind of thing because you've never tried it before, mm-hmm. try it try it step outside your comfort zone and just try it I had that conversation about sci-fi recently with somebody it was it was a very open conversation Mm -hmm. of like I don't know why I don't read more of that I just kind of I think some people convince themselves oh I don't really like that Mm -hmm. or sometimes one piece from a certain genre can get inside your head as a thing you didn't like yeah but if you really think why don't you like it If the answer is, well, I read that one book that one time and I didn't like it, give it another shot and just see. You might be surprised. And if you're used to reading the same author and then you come in and say, well, I like this author. Who else writes like that? Yeah, we can help you with that. We can help you with that. But maybe if you're feeling super adventurous, come in and say, I like this author. What's about as far opposite of this as I can get? Yeah. And we can help you with that Mm -hmm. too.
1: And and really when we say if you like... Tolkien. What we're saying is if you like lots of world building and Mm -hmm. descriptions, Mm -hmm. if you don't like that, there is fantasy that doesn't have that. So if you want to get away from sentences that use the word green 50 times, because bless (laughs) Tolkien's heart, his favorite word is green. (laughs) The man used that <laughs> like crazy. If you hate world building and you really just want to dive into a character story, mm-hmm. there are books that are that. My point is just, let's not write off genre fiction because it has a sticker on it. Yeah. Can you tell I don't like
0: stickers on books? I agree. I yeah. I feel like it pigeonholes. Do you want to know? I'll put this to you mm-hmm. right now because this is my thing. I don't like Western. Mm-hmm. Why don't I like Western?
1: Um, uh, I have a Western for you to read that you'll I will like. I feel like
0: I don't like Westerns because they feel... I don't know if chauvinistic is the right word i have a western for you right now but they feel dirty <gasps> i have the best western and dusty you're gonna love this book and gross and it's not a time period that i'm into and it's not yeah. that kind of thing is not for for me is what I would tell you. And now you're so excited about it that I can't wait to read whatever it okay. is that you... So this is what I'm talking about. Yes. Is if you come in and go, I don't really like this kind of book. And if it's because I've tried to read, like, five or six books and I cannot yeah. get into it, fine. And there are some things that, for whatever reason, religiously, yeah, morally, ideal, like, your own ideals, yeah. we're not going to force those sure. things on you. Sure, no, no, no. But... um. I definitely think that there are times when we shut ourselves off. Yes. So we can find something for you. Oh, we will find you something. I promise we will find you something. We will take it as a personal challenge. If you want to try something different or something that you think you don't like, We will take it as a personal challenge to make sure we find something that blows your mind. Oh, we will. So
1: the book you need to read, and this is your challenge should you choose to accept it. It's called Upright Women Wanted. It's by Sarah Gailey. And it is, um, it is bookish. Okay. And it is female centric and, and it is, um, it's really exciting and different and it plays with our concept of what a western is okay and uh it's a novella so it's very short um, it should be available on everything to download because okay. Tor is really good about that Tor is doing great thing that's the publisher they're doing great things with novellas they're being mm-hmm. very experimental you should read that i i read okay. it real quick it's just so fun it's it's a great way to read a western and then be like oh oh, oh this is what it could be it is women traveling together and, okay and found family and it's okay. excellent so yes absolutely okay. read a western read upright woman. and then when you're done with that read magic for liars also by sarah gailey which is like a detective story meets hogwarts okay you're getting assignments today i'm fine with that but uh then my other snowy things that yes. i did i bought the new pokemon
0: yes <laughs>
1: pokemon arceus and in the time i was snowed in i completed
0: Did you? I haven't
1: caught every single Pokemon yet, but I've completed the (laughs) storyline. That's excellent. If you
0: like that, go for it. Did not play Pokemon, but I did play a lot of Stardew Valley. Yes. And also, I have crossed over Animal Crossing, New Horizons. (laughs) And so, where I was firmly in the Stardew, that's not really a war. Stardew versus Animal Crossing would be the most laid-back, relaxed war on the planet. But I waded into the Animal Crossing waters. Yes. And I am enjoying it far more than I thought I would. But that was another thing that I did. And then the other thing that I was going to talk about, which is just slightly off topic, but I think it's not that off topic. Do Um, we have an on topic? (laughs) Just dive in. We do have books about this concept in the library. But the other thing that I would just encourage you, should we get in another position where we are snowed in, where you have to stay home for a week, Mm -hmm. where, God forbid, we have to lock down again. Any of those things where you're at home for a a certain amount of time, I'm just going to highly recommend journaling. And not not necessarily like Dear Diary style Mm -hmm. journaling. Keeping a record of some sort of what happened, Mm -hmm. how you were feeling, what you did to pass the time. Not only for your own mental health of getting it Mm -hmm. out there, but having your own like family record of what you did. Mm -hmm. Whether you live by yourself or you have a house full of 10 people. And it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be Dear Diary style Mm -hmm. journaling. It can be a collection of lists. Yeah. Things I felt. Things we did. Things I ate. New things I tried. What's fun is the five-year or the Mm three-year journals that you can
1: get now where Mm -hmm. you write one sentence. So you can yes. write down what your mood was that day. You can write down, like, one standout thing that happened, one standout thing you thought, one standout thing you felt or read. Yes. Um, and you write that down on that day, and then the next year, you're exploring what you were thinking and feeling at the same time, and then you realize
0: you have seasonal affective so- disorder in a <laughs> big way. Well, and I think you can also, I mean, you can get all kinds of journals. And mm-hmm. Laura has a really good video. This is not purposely to promote your thing. But a couple of weeks ago, she did a Facebook video about making your own smash journal. Yeah. Which would be perfect for this kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Because you can do, if you happen to get a newspaper or something, you can cut out articles or headlines and put in there. You can Have everybody in your family write a paragraph of, Mm -hmm. when we were stuck at home, my favorite thing was... Yeah. um, Kids would have fun with that. Yes. Or let them draw you pictures that you can save. Mm -hmm. It gives you an activity and something to remember. Take pictures with your phone and then print them off. And I know that's dangerously close to scrapbooking for some people, but it's cool. Like You can print pictures out in small versions and then have those that you can stick in there as well. Yeah. Get one of those Polaroid cameras
1: that take the little pictures and just go for it. A lot of you probably already have one sitting on a shelf Mm. collecting dust. Get some film and have some fun with it. Because I think that um, taking a picture of that fort you made with your kid, fun. And then in 10 years, you'll look at it and be like, hey, remember when we all were stuck at home because
0: it, it snowed three feet? To be fair, some people do use social media in this way Yes, as a, as a journal. That is true. And that is that is a thing. But I think that there's something to the tangible holding yeah. of it in your hand. Like, so
1: when you look at it that way, like what way is the best not only for my mental health mm-hmm. and my frame of mind as yep. I'm sitting here in my house, but also what's going to bring me some kind of joy, mm-hmm. um, whatever that happens to be. Yep.
0: Yeah, and so... And then, I mean, given the fact that we kind of knew this one was coming, yeah. that all of this snow was coming beforehand, journal a list of things you'd like to do. Yeah. And not necessarily as a checklist, but just, oh, it'd be really cool if, if you're anything like me, if you have two days where you might be off, you're going to have... 50 things in your head that you would like to accomplish. And then I do nothing on that list. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yes. But it's interesting to me to go back and look and say, oh, here's what I wanted to do. Here's what I actually did. Yeah these lists do not match at all but I can kind of see where the seed of that took yes. place and so I don't know I, as a, a relatively introspective person mm-hmm. anyway and as a person who appreciates the creativity of yes bullet journaling and scrapbooking and all of those things maybe it appeals to me but on the same level you don't have to make it artistic no you can use your planner for this yes and,
1: and that which is basically what for I have a done. notebook um, if you have a like a weekly planner for work mm-hmm just throw a sentence in yeah. it yeah I mean when you feel like it even because you mm-hmm. have a record of what you did that day yep now you can throw in like one sentence about how you feel mm-hmm. when you feel that that's appropriate what book you happened to read that day mm-hmm. put it down yep. did you read it, listen to a podcast that you liked write it down yep and then you have a little bit more of a record so if you say what was I doing in you know 2020 when we were stuck at home oh right I was sitting at home reading graphic novels for the first time yep. because I couldn't concentrate on a big book. Mm-hmm. So I read comic books
0: for the first time. Yeah. So journaling. That's my mm-hmm. other my other thing that and it can take as much or as little time as you want it to take. Yeah. When you're already at home and can't go anywhere anyway. Sure. We're we are trying in this year and we kinda did it toward the end of last year, but this year we're kind of trying to tailor our recommendations and our book talks each month to something yeah not just a wide open hey what'd you read but Mm -hmm. a more categorized thing so if there's a category of books you want to see us talk about if you want to see Laura and I read something that we normally wouldn't read
1: or if you have a genre you're like think there's nothing in this genre
0: um I bet there is (laughs) or if you listen to this podcast and think I like listening to them talk but they never read the kind of stuff I read Well, tell us. Tell us in the comments of the post Mm -hmm. that that announces this podcast. Tell us in the comments what you want us to read that you either don't think we would read or normally. Yeah. Or something that you just wonder, have you ever read anything in this genre? Because I really like it. Tell us that kind of stuff because we are more than happy to cater the direction of our conversation to what you like to listen to as well. Within reason. Within reason. <laughs> I mean, I like to think people listening to this are reasonable people. I, I do.
1: <laughs> but I mean, if you tell me, I really want you to read mine, Conflora, Laura, mm. I'm
0: going to say, no thank you. I will put the caveat on it that if you are a big horror listener or reader, yeah, I won't try. <laughs> I want to try because I know my own brain enough now to know what will live inside my head. And that's okay too. It's okay to have some boundaries. No, it's absolutely fine. So anyway, I don't read things that make me mad. Because yeah. I know I'll stay
1: mad. Mm-hmm. So if you give me a book that is um, going to make me frustrated mm-hmm. or angry about something, mm-hmm. whatever that thing is, it can be a historical fiction novel that is written in modern dialect to the mm-hmm. point that I or that I just go crazy. Yeah. I really have a problem with historical fiction where the people behave as they would now, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a girl who decides that she can do whatever she wants and mm-hmm. and there's no restrictions and she's not chafing under restrictions. She just can just go walk mm-hmm. around with a guy with no reason i get really mad at that because i think you didn't do your research right and that frustrates me yeah as much as watching a historical television show and finding that you have disability safety signs that you haven't removed <laughs> in the castle you're using as your set <laughs> take it out in post guys
0: so boundaries mm-hmm. are a good thing yeah but, no healthy reading boundaries are fine right. and good and, and right well, you should yeah, have those sure. just because listen we are going to advocate a million times for the right to write and publish mm-hmm. without censorship. And, and the intellectual freedom to read whatever you yes. want to read. We're big advocates for that. But just because we advocate for the right to express yourself as an author does not mean we advocate for you to have to read everything no. that's out there. Know yourself. Know your mind. It's okay to stretch your what you think to stretch your mind, mm-hmm. not to put yourself in what you already know to be a dangerous mindset. Of course. Of so, course. I don't know how we got off on that, but... <laughs> for this week's featured staff of the month, Laura and I are welcoming Cody Abbott, our circulation manager here at the library. Cody, welcome. Hello. We have a series of questions that we are going to ask you so that people listening can get to know you better, and then we're going to ask you a little bit about another program slash service that we have going on. Okay, so the first question that we have for you is, what do you do here?
2: Well, I am the circulation manager, so that means I am responsible for the organization of the shelves, um, the services at the front desk, Um, keeping patron records in order, running overdue notices, so if you get one of those in the mail. (laughs) Sadly, that is from me. I also do ordering for Overdrive, which is one of our online services, and I recently started the Dungeons & Dragons program.
0: We talk about Overdrive a lot on this podcast. We and Overdrive get a lot of exposure from us. I plugged it in one of them. And and if you're not
1: familiar, (laughs) Overdrive and Libby are the same thing. Yes.
0: Yes, Yes. Yes.
1: If you could write a book about your life, what would the title be? And alternately... If you don't want to answer that one, who would write it?
2: Well, um, I would probably have Brandon Sanderson write mm. The Story of My Life. Oh, yeah. He is one of the top fantasy author- authors right now mm. because he could probably make it sound interesting <laughs> and get it done in about a week because he He's writes terrific. very quickly. The book would probably be titled Cody Abbott, A Life.
1: <laughs> would it have you with your yeah. arms crossed on the cover? Of course. Good. Would you be wearing a cloak, though?
2: Either that or a Napoleonic pose. <laughs>
1: Excellent. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. Excellent. I have a picture that would be great for the cover, though, um, if you did choose to, to use it. I have a picture from one of our summer reading kickoff parties with Toby standing there holding like 100 balloons.
0: <laughs> His just, up picture.
1: Just, just looking yes. He's looking like he would rather be anywhere but in the you spot that he currently is. You had only so been be here paid. for like three months. So yeah. And we just handed you every balloon and left you. It's
2: like, here's the balloons. Hand them out to kids. Like, OK.
0: I think yeah. I ordered I guess like.
2: Yes, I stand here now. <laughs>
0: i think I ordered like 50 helium balloons and i didn't want them to float away so i was like uh cody here cody hold cody. this let me ask you what is your absolutely favorite thing right now
2: well my furnace recently broke and we didn't have heat for about two weeks so currently my favorite thing is the sound of my furnace running
0: <laughs> it's fair It's very fair. I get a a
2: strange satisfaction from it.
0: (laughs) As
1: we're recording this, I had just received a phone call from my family saying that our furnace
2: has just died. And I feel that pain. A
1: moment of silence for our, our furnace. Let's say that a horrible tragedy befell the world and you could only keep three apps on your phone. Only three. What would those apps be?
2: Well, that would be a very strange tragedy. Um,
0: I mean, you never know. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a th- two years of strange tragedy. If you have apps on your phone that you need for your job, you can keep those.
1: Or apps that came with your phone standard. So like the phone call app or the texting app.
2: Okay.
0: Google. If Google came with your phone, mm-hmm. you can keep it. The web browser. Um, whatever web browser came with your phone. And if there's anything you use for work that you mm-hmm. want to keep.
1: These, these are our... Um, Accommodations we have made to people in the past.
2: So, the three extra apps. Yes. On yes. My phone. Extracurricular yes.
0: apps. Things you've chosen. That changes my
2: answer. Oh. So, probably YouTube would be the first one because I watch far too much YouTube. That was
0: I, us. That was, <laughs> yep.
2: The Libby app, which mm-hmm. is the Overdrive app because it's hard to go anywhere without a book.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: And I honestly don't have that many apps on my phone, so I would probably say Chrome because I could do just about anything I needed to with an internet browser.
0: It's true. Cody. Real talk, when did you get a smartphone?
2: Three years ago?
0: <laughs> I forgot all about that until you started saying that, and I was like, oh, a couple years ago, Cody wouldn't have been able to answer this question true. at all.
2: This is true. I still had a flip phone.
1: Yeah. So how does it feel to have a smartphone instead of a flip phone? Do you regret the switch,
0: or are you happy? little of both. Yeah. Or are you just generally ambivalent about the whole thing?
2: Um distressed by how necessary it has become for regular life
0: that's fair but also
2: i like watching youtube a lot so yeah there is that
1: do you like that the texting has improved and is easier when you don't have to press the button seven times that is much easier Yeah, that was the reason why i ended up switching initially. i find
0: i find that i use my phone probably more for youtube I do than for anything else. Oh. At YouTube, this point. audiobooks, so. podcasts. Yes, those are that's what I use my phone for. Podcasts as well, but a lot of times some not a lot. Some of the podcasts that I listen to, I'll listen to on YouTube just because it uses less battery <laughs> than my <laughs> podcast app. I have so, never checked to yeah. see that. Mine drains my podcast app drains my battery a lot ah. faster. So if it's available on YouTube, sometimes I'll listen to it through that anyway. I never considered this, and I need to Pro tip. Pro tip. Okay. So the last question that we have for you is, what is the best advice you have ever received?
2: Probably don't get into credit card debt.
0: That's good advice. It's great advice. It feels impossible sometimes.
2: Sometimes it does, yes. But, yeah,
0: that's great advice because you don't understand how quickly you slide down that hill unintentionally. So, yeah. That's great advice. Thank you for answering our getting to know you questions, but we have one more question. This month, we would like to talk about as our featured service, but also kind of a featured program, a relatively new, just started last month, two months ago. This drops in March. So it just started in January. But late last year, Cody came to me and said, what if we start a D&D group? And I said, I've wanted to but I don't want to. (laughs) And only in so much as I don't have the experience to run it. And it's a lot. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what you're doing, Cody said, I'll do it. And so I said, it's yours. (laughs) Let's figure it out. Why did you want to start a group at the library? When I know you have friends that you play with. Yes. I've been
2: running running Dungeons and Dragons games for six or seven years now. Right.
0: Uh, So, so you don't need a group at the library to fill that kind of RPG void for you.
2: No, that is definitely not a <laughs> void that is in my life.
0: Why did you choose to create a group? Why did you think it would okay, how about this? Why did you think it would be beneficial for the library to have a group?
2: I just thought it was fun.
0: Okay. That's a good That's reason fine, <laughs> though. That's, That's a good reason. I think it coincides well with A service that we have talked about in the past, but with our board game collection. And not because the two are the same thing. Mm -hmm. I do realize that is not the case. But because I think it taps into something that a lot of people learned specifically in the last couple of years. Or remembered in the last couple of years. Which is that board games are fun. Games separate from your computer are fun. What does D&D, what does Dungeons & Dragons give you as a player that other games don't give you?
2: Dungeons and Dragons really gives the player the opportunity to interact with the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So you really have the ability to do just about anything that you could want as long as the DM allows it. (laughs) Uh, Which most of the time they will, but you have to understand there are consequences in the world too. So if you anger a barkeeper, they might hurt you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here's what I would say to people who wonder why is that a library thing. It's storytelling. It is. It allows every player to be a part of a collective story that you're all telling Mm -hmm. together. And I I think that that is, A, it teaches you to work, especially if you're playing in a library setting, which is not just your friends at home. You're playing with some other people you don't know. It teaches you to work with other people. Mm -hmm. And then you get to tell a story. Yeah. Or create and craft a story. And you may never feel like you're the person who's ever going to sit down and write a novel. But if you want to take part in the storytelling of some epic quest, join D&D, because it's a way to do it, I think.
2: Well, absolutely. It is a way to collectively create your own adventure.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love it. And we, of course, there are a ton of different kinds of RPGs, role-playing games. D&D is at the forefront. It's the The, I would call it the granddaddy of the RPG. He was one of the first. It's the one that people know. I think a lot of people know the name Dungeons & Dragons, but don't really know what it entails. There are a lot of different worlds that you can play in. We just got a book. Well, we... My husband just got a book that is uh, micro RPGs. So they're all one shots Mm -hmm. set in all these different worlds. There's one that he found that had something to do. It has something to do with Van Gogh's ear. And it's basically an RPG where you're playing just to see who can give their friends the most historically awful gifts. And so you're trying to come up with the most historically awful like that sounds Memorabilia from history (laughs) to give each other as gifts. There are so many different kinds of games, and we, you and I, had talked about this. But once this campaign that just got started, so people should know, and we'll talk about this in a second. But you can still join in on it once that campaign is done. We might even, at some point in the future, look into branching out into different subject matters and stuff.
2: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Dungeons and Dragons is primarily a fantasy setting, so it's really a base that. If the dungeon master wants to, they would be able to create their own worlds. There's a lot more uh, upfront work to that, <laughs> right? <laughs> as, well, there's other the guidebooks
0: M- and stuff too oh, for definitely. different kinds of games. And we have this was the other thing I wanted to talk to you about because when we started doing this, we got some books in upstairs. So even if you're not playing with us, we have some books in our collection now. We have the
2: we have the fifth edition player's handbook right the fifth edition dungeon master's handbook okay and the fifth edition monster manual okay now fifth edition is the newest edition of dungeons and dragons i've played i believe only two versions of dungeons and dragons and fifth edition would be considered the easiest it's definitely more accessible for new players than one of the other primary ones that's out there which is 3.5 okay there's a lot more math in 3.5 than in fifth edition
0: I will say <laughs> that just, just growl. <laughs> I There's will say that for years I didn't want to play any kind of RPG because I was very like oh, I do not want to have to figure out all these numbers and See, all this stuff. I play them online. I've, uh, I I've only
1: ever played them online and it never occurred to me that what Dungeons and Dragons is is essentially that game put on paper. Yeah. But we're in charge the story's Mm -hmm. not being laid out and told like hey you're gonna do this now Mm -hmm. because I mean Final Fantasy was one of my favorite games but you have a plot and you follow it and you don't get to necessarily change the story But we played, and I thought, this is for me. Because it's everything in a game that I like. Um, My favorite board game, and obviously that's not the same thing, but my favorite board game is Betrayal in the House on the Hill. Mm -hmm. And the reason I like that so much is because you can be your character and make choices
0: based on what your character would do. Well, that's Mm D&D. So I love that. That's so much fun. So I'm glad we're doing it. I also like that you can be any kind of character you want. So we played, for instance, one time. Cody and his wife and my husband and I played and uh I all I wanted to do was solve the mystery that was ahead of us. So I'm like, ignore whatever. Like block everything else out. We gotta figure out who is this woman, what has she done? What are we looking for? Oh, we gotta find this stable hand. Well then let's go look in the stable. Meanwhile, these two are like trying to burn the village down and
2: specifically her carriage.
0: <laughs> and set fire to a not, carriage and
2: not the like, village, the carriage of the creepy why, lady.
0: Why are we Wasting time. We have a mystery to solve, and could solve we could faster if who, we burn who loves, carriage. Who loves cozy <laughs> mysteries here? I know. Who wants to solve mystery? My husband and I were talking about it afterwards, and I just said, I've realized now what intimidated me about about role playing games was I didn't necessarily think that I would be good at the role playing aspect of it. One, it's not actual acting. Can be depending on your group, but it it wasn't that. And two, there's no wrong way to do it. Mm -hmm. So we could, I could play it my way, Mm. and you guys can play it your way. And then when we all played together, the five of us played, and it was completely different. Like the vibe was completely different. And so just shaking up a few people makes it's fun mm-hmm. I, it's really fun so if someone is interested i say this is what i've been telling people that whether you are a passionate expert about D or you're mildly interested in what is an rpg and how does it run D does not meet in person right now
2: it does not meet in person right now for the foreseeable future we are looking at playing on the website roll 20 you do have to have an account for but it is entirely free we're not hmm. going to make anybody pay anything <laughs> for this and it's a learning experience for all of us us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what you need so then what you need to do if you want to play if you want to take part in a D campaign session which is the second tuesday of every month thursday sorry second, second thursday. thursday of
2: every month okay in the so evening
0: if you want to take part in that for right now you can do it from the comfort of your own home but beforehand you need to come in and see Cody or at least call him or send him an email with questions that you may have because he'll need to get your character inputted into the game before you play. Correct. So if you have questions ahead of time, please stop in and see him. If you wanted to do it, yeah. let him know. Yes, yes. and if you mm-hmm. if you want to take part, get in touch with him. The easiest thing I think is either to call or stop in And if you're not at the desk, because you're at the circulation desk quite a bit, if you're not up there, somebody can find you. And
1: I'm probably around if Mm -hmm. Cody's not, and I can take down your information and get it to Cody so that people aren't confused about what information he needs.
0: Right. If you're interested, take part. We've got a, a small group now, which is a good... There's no such thing as like, you don't need a 35-person campaign in DD and d I no. kind of so, feel like it would be probably better if you didn't have a 35-person. Right. No, but with, that
2: would be impossible to
0: yeah, run. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> All I'm saying is we have, a, we have a small group now of about five people, mm-hmm. I think, yep. and that's great. But there is room if you want to play or observe or whatever to figure out if it's a thing for you Mm -hmm. so there's still room in this campaign for now
1: and if you're curious and you don't know what it is and you don't know what's going on check out one of the books we have and read about it cody gave me a couple different um videos to watch on youtube Mm -hmm. that were suggestions of how to start so i bet he could share those with you if you came and asked
2: absolutely if you have any questions i am available most days during the week during normal business hours
0: okay Cool. Well, thanks, Cody, for sitting down with us and letting us get to know you. It's yeah. been real swell.
2: Oh, swell. <laughs> oh, boy.
0: All right. So as we come to the end of our podcast, what kind of administrative information do we have? We, I feel like a broken record. I, I do. Know. Um, I know. Our administration
1: stuff is our covid related things. Mm-hmm. If if we can't do a program in person, we're going to do it remotely. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on whatever messages you get. When you sign up, give us a number that we can call you at that mm-hmm. works. Give us an email that mm-hmm. we can email you at that you check. Mm-hmm. Um, and just make sure that you are keeping an eye on our Facebook and our website and our Instagram posts that will tell you if something has pivoted to a digital program or to a take-home bag or kit. Because While we would love to tell you all that you could come in on a certain day and be like, yay, Mm -hmm. make a craft with us. Mm -hmm. We have no control over what the numbers are.
0: It is a lot easier to maintain a Facebook page or an Instagram page and throw information up immediately. So Mm -hmm. time sensitive stuff is always going to be there first. So make sure that you're checking. If you haven't liked our Facebook page, do that. Because Mm -hmm. that'll hopefully make sure that you get that information in a more timely manner. If you haven't followed us on Instagram, do that. Whichever of the two that you use the most often, follow us there. Sure. Because you will get updates that you don't, you otherwise wouldn't get if you're not following us in that way. So do that. Check our website if you need to. Our Facebook feed especially is reflected on our website as well. And if all else fails and you have a question about are they going to be able to do that program, call us.
1: We'll yeah. tell you. And if you don't have social media, call us. Yes. We're happy to answer. Email us.
0: We will nope. get to that as quickly as we can. Yep. Um, Stop in and see us. Yeah. You can ask for one of us or you can just ask whoever you see at a desk because we try to make sure that whoever's sitting out there and public what's facing on. knows what's going on. So I was really, really concerned about not having not read enough and not getting enough conversation out of that i love the sound of my own voice i mean not actually the sound of my own voice but i love to talk so laura uh, to the rescue don't worry i'm consuming enough media for two excellent i appreciate that okay until next time thanks for listening comment like share subscribe subscribe rate us nicely and we will talk to you next time bye bye